welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of the Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most interesting topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our, uh, I don't know, 2089th edition. I think that might have been a, a typo here. We haven't done 2,000 shows, but it's anyway, it's this next edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it's our 699th episode overall uh, of the Assembly Call, uh, recorded on the evening of April 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. Oh, Hoosiers have won the national championship. This week's banner moment was not a moment, but rather a series of moments that should make Indiana fans excited about the potential of this program. The media availability of both Dane Fife and Kenya Hunter provided insight into the program. Meanwhile, Coach Woodson continues to share his vision in several national podcasts, and he also finalized his coaching staff. The addition of Yasir Rosemond and the keeping of Mike Roberts and Cliff Marshall are all positive signs for Indiana basketball. Coach Woodson and staff have begun a process where, as Dane Fife said, quote, family is lived every day, end quote. And he also mentioned that that takes a lot of man hours to achieve. However, it is evident with each passing day that in a Coach Woodson regime, Indiana is closer than ever to becoming a complete program again, a complete program that is similar where it can be to the Bob Knight era, a complete program with a modernization of recruiting, offense, and defense a complete program that is consistent in its performance on and off the court, and a complete program that can possibly compete for banner number six. Okay, let me introduce my esteemed co-host for tonight. Ryan is off once again tonight. He had LASIK surgery earlier this week and is still recovering, but he should be back soon with plenty of hot takes about everything that has gone on at IU over the past couple of weeks. And Jared will be joining us later once he gets his kids to sleep. But here with me tonight to start to my left. You'll have fun, fun, fun. 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 It is uh, Andy Bottoms. and uh, You got to talk. You got to talk. It is your time to talk, Andy. Uh, Coach Woodson wants to hear your your thoughts on uh, Indiana basketball this past week. Definitely, uh, def- definitely appreciated. Yeah, I think it's the 209th edition of Assembly Call Radio. It looked like I think he uh, he added both had both numbers in there when we did that. So and we'll I say that's read it ahead of time. Least, but... Read the script ahead of time. You know, if you're the host, but. Oh, well. Some of these seasons have made it feel like more. So you could have convinced me that a couple of these years added a added 500 to the show count so who knows um plus you figure the number of emergency episodes that jared's had that really is is uh running that ticker up like a like a fundraiser tote board so it's fine um and like like you said i think the media availability stuff is great and i really hope that as things move forward they're able to do more of this where you get to hear more from the assistant coaches and um and their thoughts on some things so it's been a nice uh, you know, nice bonus on a week that hasn't had as much news uh, from an IU perspective um, in it. So, you know, the Fife one in particular, I know we're going to talk about that before. Just, just really enjoy hearing his his candor about a lot of things and uh, his views on things. It's interesting. I we were talking a little bit about this before, where I think he kind of has some of the same 
you know, old school mentalities and thoughts of, of a knight and an Izzo that he's been around, especially when you hear him talk about some of the social media stuff and whatever else. But, you know, I think still younger and as a guy who can help maybe bridge the gap between uh, generations of former IU players as it transitioned from the night era to others. So I think there's a lot to, to like about him in a variety of reasons, but really, uh, you know, just kind of enjoyed his, his personality and seeing a little bit of that. And um, you, you continue to hear a lot of the, the, the talk about, you know, the culture and really showing the kids that you care about them. And I think as you look through uh, the comments from both Fife and Kenya Hunter over the last couple of days, that's been a pretty consistent uh, drumbeat. And I think the keeping of, or the retention, I guess, keeping of maybe is not the right word, but the retention of Cliff Marshall uh, is really another step in that direction. Uh, listening to him on the Hoosier hysterics and just the way uh, other guys have talked about him. There's that, that great picture of Al uh, and him hugging on, I think it was Al's senior day and just, you know, talking about what he had meant to him. So I think surrounding the players and the program with guys who are are really bought into uh, the the personal aspect of this. I think you see Rosemont, uh, some of his background fits that as well. I think that's a, a positive to see. And you see the program and Scott Dolson bringing in guys who are addressing some of those concerns, you know, thinking about what he talked about with Woodson coming in. And, and you know, these are the things that the players talk to them about wanting. And uh, that was right at the top of the list was you know, those kinds of personal relationships and things like that. I think it's good to see the program has really responded and the guys they brought in all, uh, all fit that bill. So uh, I've really enjoyed being able to hear them. Like I said, hopefully that's something that uh, they're able to keep up with as it's been you know, too often kind of a closed off uh, situation and being able to, you know, hear these guys views and, and particularly with Fife, just with how candid he is and not canned answers that you, that you get a lot of times I think is, uh, really good and was fun to see. And uh, the other thing on a on a more somber note, uh, rest in peace to Slick Leonard, uh, IU and and Pacers legend uh, that we lost this week. And um, again, not to go back to the, the Hoosier hysterics well another time, but uh, listen to the, his conversation with them over over the summer, uh, I believe it was, and they've retweeted it out as well. Just a, uh, a really fun guy, great storyteller, as you would imagine for anybody who's listened to him do Pacers games. That is not surprising at all, but uh, just a, a, a true character and a, and, and a Hoosier legend from uh, both the college and the pro ranks for sure. And so uh, he will be uh, he will be missed for sure from a basketball perspective. Well, well said. Nothing like tuning into. Uh... Uh, Pacers game on the radio for for us, uh, not knowing him in his playing days, but hearing Boom Baby and uh, those kinds of things. And, and just again, uh, when we talk about uh, what, what Coach Woodson and the vision of Scott Dolson is, is to bring all of that back to Indiana. There, there was a guy who uh, was an Indiana Hoosier, uh, true and true. So um, rest in peace. And the the staff is, is interesting, and it shows what was – needed here is what Scott Dolson and Mike Woodson have been talking about is that relationship and and Dane did say that family live family every day that was missing previously because uh, there were several members of the previous staff that have been asked to stay on in some fashion and that just to me seems very rare these days when you have a coaching change to have the number of people stay around so the coaching staff wasn't uh it was just missing that special piece, that, that bringing people together, that family, that relationship, that confidence, that getting to know people. And, and Fife talked about that as well. I think those are, are, are really good points. So here's what we're going to cover this week uh, on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, we're going to go over our Hoosier headlines, uh, a few more comings and goings to discuss, uh, takeaways from the media availability of Dane Fife and Kenya Hunter. And as always, we'll finish with uh, answering your questions. We have a lot of good questions uh, today. All of that uh, coming up on Assembly Call Radio. 
first, a quick word about Playbook Products. If you haven't checked your calendar recently, 2021 is moving fast, which means Mother's Day is less than a month away and Father's Day is a little over two months away. Well, if you need a thoughtful, unique gift for the sports fan in your life, you should really pick out something from Playbook Products. They offer an incredible selection of high-quality coasters and coffee mugs that feature diagrams of famous plays. For IU, it's the Watch Shot, Key Smart Shot, and more. For the Cubs, it's moments from Game 7 of the World Series. For the Pacers, it's moments like Reggie Miller's 8 points in 9 seconds and silencing Spike Lee. Hilariously, they even have one for the Colts that commemorates the infamous, quote, worst play ever, Chuck Pagano's ludicrous trick play against the Patriots. So as you can see, they have a sense of humor and offer really unique gifts that the sports fan in your life will appreciate. So go to assemblycall.com backslash PP. That's assemblycall.com backslash PP and start browsing. You'll definitely find something for yourself or the sports fan in your life. And here's a bonus. When you use that URL, assemblycall.com backslash PP, they know that we sent you, so we get a 15% commission on your entire order. Go to assemblycall.com backslash PP and pick out your coasters and mugs today. That's assemblycall.com backslash pp and the music won't end but here we go with the hoosier headlines uh we received news that joey brunk is leaving the program or pursue uh his career somewhere else uh, thank you joey for uh, your time here and your leadership and your toughness. The third assistant was announced. Uh, Yasir Roseman uh, is officially the third assistant, uh, and we've been seeing some pictures of his uh, beautiful twins uh, today on social media uh, that has Jen in the chat mob uh, smiling like crazy. And um, Mike Roberts is staying for now uh, in an ass- assistant AD position, uh, which is good, so we can keep the uh, Mike Hustle, Mike Roberts, uh, Coach Roberts Hustle Award. And we're going to think about adding a Dane Fife uh, defensive award that's in 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 the works. And then Cliff Marshall also strength and conditioning. And again, I think those are some quality people um, to joining uh, the staff. And the staff is is well rounded with uh, a, a variety of recruiting strengths, uh, some player development, some Big Ten uh, history and experience, and and so. Uh, Andy, your thoughts about um, what is probably going to be a, a, a little bit of the last news. We're, we're still hoping for a, a, a transfer in or two uh, in the transfer portal, but uh, it's been a wild uh, few weeks here for Indiana basketball. The, the latest news, your thoughts? Yeah, the Brunk news was a little bit, I guess, a bit surprising on the surface. I know we talked to Dustin about that a little bit last week, um, but I also think as you look at as you listen at least to what what the system seems to be it kind of felt like a minutes crunch there and and a situation where you know perhaps that's not how he wanted to uh you know finish out his college career i don't don't know that for certain by any stretch of the imagination but i don't know that it was a great system fit and quite honestly for a guy who had to sit out the entire year doing that i i would whether it's at iu or someplace else really want him to be able to finish his college career on a on a positive note someplace he's going to be able to get minutes and i think you know, in the right situation, he can definitely contribute uh, for somebody. So uh, he's a guy we'll be we'll be watching and uh, enjoyed in his you know one year of playing for IU. But as a guy that's been, a, I think, a positive influence on the program overall. Uh, the Roseman news had been out there for a little while, but interesting that it you know it, you know but finally became um, you know became official. I know Jared had uh, he mentioned this on the podcast that he did yesterday, and also had 
texted with us about it a little bit when he had uh, spoken to him uh, a week or so ago, whenever that was. So um, definitely curious to just get more insights on that. I think he definitely said he felt, uh, you know, better about it or some of the, at least some of the negatives that people might bring up. He felt better about those as he, you know, talked to him, got a little bit more background and things like that. I think, again, from a player development standpoint, from a relationship and a recruiting standpoint, seems to fit the bill. Uh, in those regards, just a matter of of some of those things, but also seems genuinely excited to uh, to be at IU and the opportunity. So that's what you want. Um, you know, Cliff Marshall, I touched on earlier, and and Mike Roberts, yeah, you know, interesting in more of an administrative role. Uh, again, I don't know what exactly to take from that, but I think having another former player around in the mix uh, will be good. I don't know if his administrative role will allow him to yell as loudly as he um, did as an assistant coach. That remains to be seen, but uh, certainly a guy who's passionate for IU basketball. I think uh, another guy that, you know, with that kind of passion that you really want to surround that, that came uh, through loud and clear with Fife um, in his media availability. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, most of the pieces are falling into place at this point. It's just kind of a, a waiting game to figure out what happens with those last couple of scholarships. The, the Brunk loss does not impact the scholarship numbers at all since he would have been uh, essentially having a free year which I, m- most people probably know but just to call that out so it's still two open ones to kind of see what happens uh from that standpoint and then we'll uh we'll have a roster at least so it's uh starting to fall into place piece by piece so you know less news less uh less less change with every every week so i think now it's just kind of a waiting game a little bit to see where guys go in the portal and is that you know i think fewer guys entering now so maybe there's a little bit more of a uh, handle on what the actual pool of potential players is, even though it's still quite large. Yeah, the, the Joey Brunk leaving uh, surprised me a little bit with with where he's been and what he's gone through. Um, but he would have had to take on a, a, a reserve role and, and a much more limited um, time, I believe, uh, playing behind Trace Jackson Davis and, and, and a rotation at the five. And, and what I will share with people is um, – Logan Duncombe is, I think, going to surprise some people uh, when he shows up and, and you watch him play. I, I'm not sure he's a, a, a quick, dominant um, center who's going to come in and get a lot of points and everything, but I think uh, Indiana basketball fans will really like the way he plays. Um, you know, uh, I have a, a, a good friend who coaches uh, in the Cincinnati um, area, in, in Cincinnati, and uh, he's played against him and, and had to coach against him, and it just raves about his motor, uh, and especially in getting the offensive rebo- rebounds and, and hitting the glass, that they had their hands full trying to keep him off the glass. And the thing that I have seen in Duncan is his ability right now to go to both shoulders uh, as a post presence. So once he gets up to the speed of the game of college, the strength, and all those things that freshmen go through, I think he's going to be able to provide some minutes in support of TJD at that five, as well as you could always throw race down there uh, for a little bit too. So there was some concern I, I saw in, in um, social media about, are we going to be thin again in, in the front line and Trace having to play so many minutes? Uh, I think Logan's going to be able to come in and, and get some minutes as a freshman, uh, you know, depending on how quick he can adapt. But I, I think he's better than a lot of people may may think on, on that. Um, I like the coaching staff. Um, you know, there, there's there's a question we'll answer at, at the back about, you know, um, some news about uh, Yasir Rosemond uh, and, and some of the stuff that was uh, reported about him. But uh, I, I'm at a point where I trust Coach Woodson and, and Coach Dolson that uh, their vision is strong uh, and they're going in such a direction to bring Indiana basketball back that I, I think they've done enough due diligence 
uh, to believe that everyone that's been hired or retained is really on board with the vision uh, and doing things the Indiana way, which is is the right way, and still being successful in, in getting people and players in. And, and anytime you can keep Indiana guys around like Mike Roberts, I think that's a good thing. I, I think he may be um, at some point, you know, the guy he worked for just took the Cincinnati job. Uh, and, and so is, is there openings like that where he can stay active in coaching and game prep? Um, you know, you just don't know. But if he stays, he, he again, there's a lot of levels of experience here um, that, that makes the Indiana staff uh, F better. So, okay, coming up on Assembly Call Radio, uh, we're going to uh, give you the takeaways from uh, the long, insightful media availabilities held this week by Dane Fife and Kenya Hunter. Uh, what did we learn? So stick with us on the Assembly Call. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. <laughs> I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to the assembly call. Hey, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, make sure you do that. Just go to youtube.com backslash assembly call. You'll get alerts when we go live, immediate access to replays, and all the in-between segment banner and after-show banner that doesn't always make it into the podcast. Uh, plus, more, most importantly, you can hang out with the chat mob during our live shows. Over 3,500 IU fans have already subscribed, and you should be too. Go to youtube.com backslash assembly call. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. And uh, this week, uh, two assistant coaches were made available Um for, for the media, and they were quite uh, eye-opening um, cases. Just listen to uh, uh, Coach Hunter today during lunch. I would like to go back and listen to that a, a second time. I have listened to uh, Coach Fife uh, uh, twice in his 45 minutes of availability, and just I could listen to it over and over and over again. Um, you know, Coach Coach Fife has a little bit of Coach Knight in him where he uh, – He's going to tell you what he feels, and he's not afraid um, of what you think. Uh, and and he loves he loves Indiana, and I think those two, uh, you know, have opened my eyes quite a bit. To um, hey, welcome, Jared. Uh, well, hey. just getting ready. Um, I, I have this. I have this message for you. You got to talk. I ain't heard you say one word. I have been here for now 20 minutes, and Coach Woodson is listening. He just called me saying, I'd heard Jared Morris. He tuned in to listen to Jared Morris, and we got to play that again. You got to talk. I ain't heard you say one word. 
not one word from the guy <laughs> who runs one. this whole thing. So, you know, uh, welcome, Jared. We're just getting ready to talk uh, in segment two here about the, the takeaways from uh, uh, Dane Fife. Um, media availability is there any of the Hoosier headlines you'd like to talk about the Joey Brunk or the hiring and retaining of coaches before we move into to, to the discussion on those two press conferences is my audio okay do I sound good sound wonderful um I think the only thing that I would say just an addendum to the episode that I did about uh about Yasir Rosemond um when was that? Two days ago, I guess it was. You know, I know I had said that we were going to have him on the show, and we do hope to have him on the show. It's not going to happen as quickly as I wanted to or as I anticipated. But you know, when a new coach is hired, you know, obviously they have a a game plan that they go through for media availabilities, and you know, the assembly call isn't typically at the front of the line for those things right now. So it's, it's all good. You know, one of those things that you don't necessarily like it, but you understand it. Um, so we do hope to have him on the show. He wants to come on the show. Um, and so, you know, so we'll have that happen, uh, at some point, but, um, no, other than that, I don't know what you guys talked about in the first segment. I look forward to hearing it. I'm, uh, you know, I think the only, uh, you know, I was excited to see that Cliff Marshall's back. I think that's good. You know, I think, I think it's a nice balance of having a new voice at the top, which was needed, but also stability for a roster that's pretty talented and can do some things this year. So you're not totally starting over, but you're giving guys a new voice in a new direction who seem to need it. And I think this is the best way to leverage what is still a talented roster and that could, you know, be a pretty good team next year. So, you know, we've got to see it all work together. I think my one lingering question is, and maybe we'll talk about this now, but it's just the continuity of the staff. You know, I, I, it's funny, I was listening to Kenya Hunter's uh, interview that he did with Hoosier Hysterics back when he was first hired with Archie. And one of the things that he talked about was, you know, when Archie called him up to hire him, you know, he had a lot of confidence because he knew he was going to come here and had that pre-existing relationship, kind of knew what to expect. The terminology was similar, you know, defensively, you know, to what he had done before, all that stuff. And now I think we have a lot of individually good coaches in their roles, but how do they come together? That's going to be the big question. Um, you know, and how soon do they come together? Because that could really determine how good this year's team can be. And so it's easy, like, we kind of put these these pieces together for the lineups. How are these guys going to play together? All that stuff. And what we don't see, but what I think is going to be really important is how these coaches work together. And it's not that we have any reason to believe they won't work together, but Coach, I'm sure, as you know, you know, it's there's a trust. There's, you know, they got to learn Coach Woodson's terminology. They got to learn you know what, as Dane Five said, how do you recruit to this head coach? So that I think is just going to be something to watch through the season. I don't know how much we'll know about it because a lot of it's behind the scenes stuff, but I do think it's going to play a big role in how good the team can be. I like everything about that. Man, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> Coach Woodson is on your side, Jared. This is amazing. I mean, you know, that we got, he can't come on the video yet because JD's got to, you know, give us permission, but he, he is on, he is with us uh, on audio. No. You're you're right. It's now it's now just getting things done um, off the court yeah. with meshing the staff and getting to know the players and, and, and moving forward because everything from the day he was announced to now has been really good. Uh, and now it's just you got to get the work done, uh, and that may take some time uh, to to learn each other's you know uh, ter- like you said terminology, just philosophy and and things like that. The one common theme, though, is I, I think these guys all love coaching basketball. I get that feel. They love coaching basketball. I think they really like helping young men. And I think that you 
when you are new as far as X's and O's and just not working with it, you got to look at common themes, which bring you together. Uh, Coach Woodson, Coach Five, Coach Roberts all love IU. That's going to bring them together regardless of, of, of their personal meshing. Uh, and, and I think Kenya and Yasir, they really like to help people get better. So I think that's why I'm really confident about this staff. And there will be some bumps in the road in their practice planning, in their scouting, in their execution next year too. But it's just a step in the right direction. So let's talk Dane Fife a little bit. You know, um, I can't I can't stop playing it. I got to teach, you know, and I keep playing it. And uh, you know, Dane Fife, uh, coach will do it to go to sleep by every night just to just <laughs> let it play overnight, just soak into his head. Absolutely, I, I went out and got some. 50 sun protection for my scalp because if he's ever on the show, I don't, you know, I don't want him to come after my suntan. You know, there's, there were a lot of lessons that uh, you could take away. I, in all seriousness, um, he talked a lot about what the coaching staff needed to do. Uh, Coach Woodson needs to grow in some areas and, and, and Coach Fife needs to as far as levels of how you communicate different to NBA players than you do college players. And there were a lot of lessons about, coaching and the players and especially his comments about Rob Finnessy were just a breath of fresh air about trying to get Rob back to where he is because we all want that for for the young man uh, and that defense will be his calling card for his future and will be for his uh, revitalization in Indiana basketball so there were some things about coaching and players that he brought up there was something where he told the media they have a responsibility to tell good stories and, and make sure that you know if you're going to have some issues with the program, make sure you uh, ask us and, and get to know what we're attempting to do and trying to do. You have the right to criticize, but make sure you know what's going on. And then he also uh, had some good things for us fans that, that we need to do. And he really said, we all in this together, which is, which has always been the truth. And we've been waiting for that one coach to come in and do it, whether it was an IU guy or not. And we have not had those coaches that have come in and put the media, the fans, all back together. And we as fans, we need to be upset with the loss, but we need to show up and fill those balconies, even against the teams that don't have, uh, you know, the, the, the high desire or the high demand for tickets. That's what Indiana basketball was in the 80s and 90s. You, it, 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 Assembly Hall is, is just one of the great venues. It needs to be full and loud, regardless of how we're feeling about the team. So I thought everything he said in those three areas were, were just fantastic. And if we all take them to heart, uh, and move forward, then we're going to get back to that insulation that he talked about the program had back in Bob Knight where, yeah, you got mad for a loss, but you also protected the program a little bit by being there in support, and there's a lot of people that are responsible for that. And I'm just fired up, man. I, I, I was cautiously optimistic. I, I looked for words today on Google and Dictionary. Uh, my librarian wife couldn't help me. I, I'm a lot more excited than I was a few weeks ago, so – Go ahead, guys. Anything like uh, of those three areas or anything about Dane Fife you want to talk about? Um, it, it was a, a great listen. I thought the I thought the fantasy stuff was particularly interesting. And if you you go back and um, listen to the the episodes that the Hoosier Hysterics did with Fife, he talked about how he really struggled with confidence at so many times during his IU career and being able to to get you know struggled to get through that. But then his you know senior year really shot it well and, and got back to doing some of the things that. Uh, you know, he'd really been successful at, but had almost psyched himself out of at, at times. And that's been in so many ways, the conversation that we've had about Rob over the course of these few years. I remember him coming in as a freshman, those first few games playing really well. And we're thinking, imagine what this guy's going to be like in his fourth year playing point guard and all those things. And he's had those ups and downs where has really been strong defensively. 
again in those games against you know Fife had a front row seat for for him locking up Cassius Winston when we were all there and 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 how well he's played against them at times and and it was interesting that he said you know we we won those games because he didn't he didn't dog us all over the court he didn't lock anybody down he didn't do those things and so you know I thought it was a it, it was a good balance and you know this is in the media so take this for what you will but it was a good balance of kind of pointing out things that Rob didn't do well, but also building his confidence and knowing what he could do. Um, and so you can only assume that those are the same kinds of conversations that they're having behind the scenes. But I think Fife, from a confidence perspective, is is perhaps uniquely qualified to help him through some of those things and uh, really give his experience about how he built those things up. And it is one of those things also that from a, a guy who's coached in the league uh, is very aware of the players, what their strengths and weaknesses are, how other, how Michigan State game plan for them, how they, all those kinds of things. You know, he knows what they need to do to be successful uh, within the Big Ten. And I, I thought that that part really stuck out to me as a guy who, I don't want to say people are writing off in some ways, but everybody's thinking about Xavier Johnson's coming in, Christian Landers is going to be another year older. And I know we talked about him being still a potential starter uh, even, but, you know, everybody kind of pawning off minutes that he's just not going to get. And I don't know that, um, if Fife has anything to do about it, that that's going to be the way it plays out. And I think it'd be a great uh, reclamation project is probably too strong a word, but I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, what he can do with him, what the staff can do with him to, to really build him back up. You know, who's not writing Rob Finnessy off the president of the senior oh, fan club. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I just, I needed some inspiration to jump back on that bandwagon and Dane Fife provided it. Now, I will say, you know, what I really like about Five, I mean, Coach, you, I think, provided a great summary of what Dane did. You know, I think he kind of got out in front and really kind of showed that he kind of has it in him to be the heart and soul of the program a little bit. You know, I mean, obviously, Woodson is the leader, you know, and he's going to be the one charting the vision and he's the head man. But Fife, you know, because of his history and how much he just genuinely loves IU and you, I mean, it just drips off of every word. And he rallies people behind him with that enthusiasm. But what I really like now about having him on the staff and having Coach Woodson on the staff is that between the two of those guys, they can relate to every single player who will ever come through Indiana, pretty much. Because in Coach Woodson, he's going to be able to relate to guys from Indiana, star-level players you know, who had the weight of the world on their shoulders every game because so much was demanded of them because he had such a responsibility to score and to produce. So I think with a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, those guys are going to relate because their experiences as IU basketball players were so similar, right? Even though they're in different eras, there were some real similarities there. And then with Fife, you know, you've got a guy who was highly recruited but came in and struggled so much with his confidence and with his belief in himself and wasn't really an offensive contributor, but had to find ways, you know, to play defense and, you know, and do other things to get on the court. And then as he got a little bit older, you know, further along in his career, got some of that confidence back, became a guy who could shoot and then was part of a team that went all the way to the championship game. Right. And so he's got such a breadth of experience to be able to relate with a lot of different guys on the roster, especially a guy like Rob Finnessy. And it's not that the last staff didn't have some of that because, I mean, Archie Miller was a high-level player, you know, and obviously Kenya Hunter was on that staff. And Mike Roberts played at IU, but it's not quite like this staff has it because this staff has two guys who did it for four years at Indiana and did it at, at a high level but also went through some trials and tribulations. Coach Woodson with his injury, Fife with his um, 
with his confidence issues. And there's just, you know, so much of coaching is that relationship, that ability to relate to a guy. It, you know, so much of coaching, we don't always think of it this way, but a lot of times it's about sales. It's about selling your ideas and selling a player on your way of doing things and selling a player on believing in you. And one of the best ways to sell someone on anything is to be able to empathize and be able to understand where they're coming from. And I just, I feel so much more confident with the staff that we have now and their ability to do that. And that to me is what I really got listening to Dane Fife is he gets it. And it, it really drives home why trying this out with an IU guy is such a smart thing to do. And why maybe, you know, those of us who, who said before, well, you just got to go get the best coach. I think that's still true. You do need to get the best coach, but we might have underplayed just how much it means to have Indiana guys in those chairs. And we'll have to see. It's all, it all sounds good in the media, but there's something about that that I'm really buying into and that I think could help a guy like Rob, could really help a guy like Jerome Hunter, maybe come, become more, uh, more consistent, maybe help guys like Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway, who may not have as big a roles this year, but figure out how they can still contribute. You know, a guy like Dane Fife, I think, is going to be able to help relate with those guys. And I, I'm just I'm, I'm so excited that he's part of the program because you can tell how much he cares and how much he wants to be part of the program. Yeah, I mean, just how he said at the one point, you know, this is my program and and really that ownership level that that he has for it. Um, yeah, that just kind of oozes through of which is kind of interesting to even hear him talk about how from not not afar necessarily, but, you know, from the opposite bench, like seeing what was going on. He, he definitely kept close tabs on the program as a guy who played there and not as a you know, rival in the league, but, you know, never really let go of that. You know, this is always going to be my program type of thing. And I think that's, you know, for, for those who, to what you said, Jared, about, you know, having an IU guy, what does that matter? I think it's that attitude that matters. There's, there's no talking myself into it. I don't need to ingratiate myself with the fan base. I've already done that when I played and this is my program and this is, you know, how it's, how it's going to be. And, how I want to see it perform. And um, so definitely, uh, def definitely refreshing to, to hear some of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other thing. Look, look, our show, we're not on Dane Fife's radar. You know, we've interacted with him a few times on Twitter, but we're not on his radar. But what he said about the media and I think about what fans can do, you know, we're in a bit of a unique situation. Like we don't claim to be objective media, right? We're fans. We clearly want the team to win. Like we're here, you know, cheering for the team, but also trying to like, kind of thread that difficult needle of being supportive, but also trying to be candid, you know, give candid analysis and be critical when we need to. And, you know, that's one thing I, I took, I kind of took what he said as a bit of a call to arms for us a little bit and, and a bit of a, you know, reminding myself of what our purpose was supposed to be in the first place. when we started this whole show, which I don't know that we were always great at the last couple of years. You know, I feel like as things, as the team struggled a little bit, you know, and look, when you're trying to analyze and the performance isn't great, it's difficult. But I think we also got a little bit off course of remembering that our number one goal is still to try and support the program and be a supportive voice for folks to rally around. I think we did it well sometimes, maybe not as well as we could have all the time. And I, I, I took that to heart, what he said, um, because I don't, it doesn't do anybody any good to have a conversation after a game and say that bad play was good. I don't think anyone's here to do that. But to have a place where you converse candidly about the team, but it's always within a spirit of support, 
that can be done. I know it because we've done it before and I think we can do it even better. And so I think, you know, even us, us as fans, we're still in it with the coaches. Like it's not adversarial, even though it kind of felt like that the last couple of years, because we were so frustrated with Archie. I'm glad that we can now get back to this experience of kind of rallying around the guys at the top. And again, it, it only continues if you win. But I think when you have a guy like Dane, and now that the coaches are out there and we're getting to know them better and you, it's like you build the relationships with these people just through you know what they say in the media and their appearances it helps you weather the ups and downs more and that's the thing with the last staff is it wasn't just no relationships with the coaches and the players there were no relationships with the coaches and the fans or media either and so it's so much easier to see everything as just a two-dimensional loss on a tv screen as opposed to these guys that you're in the trenches with and I think everything works better when we have that feeling. And I look forward to going through another season feeling like that because that's how I think it'll feel. And I don't think we've really felt like that since, I don't know, maybe like the first year of Archie, you know, or, you know, the maybe the last couple months of 2016. And so it's going to be good to get back to that. Yeah. And and going back, pre one, I, I, I think you're probably a little too – too hard. I mean, we we have banner moments and we have the awards and we have those things. Even on tough nights, we're giving out game balls and and hustle awards and and, and trying to at least explain some of the coaching decisions. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you're a little bit. I appreciate that because we always can do better. Um, but, but I, you know, a lot of us wouldn't be here if we had derailed. So, um, you know, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I, we derailed. I just think but, we could be uh, right. We could be better. And, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But. What I've really learned here, and I'm always open to learning stuff about coaching, is there's a difference between coaching a team and leading a program. And you can be a good coach of a team, but not take care of the program. And I think that's what's happened since Coach Knight left. We may have had guys who could coach or X and O or recruit or do whatever, but what was lacking was running the program. And I don't think it necessarily – takes an IU guy to, to run a program, it, t it helps because the passion is there. The word Dane Fife said, there's a little more passion with Coach Woodson. There's a little more passion when you lose to Purdue. Those things are, are bonuses. It just tells me that a lot of coaches really misunderstand their role, whether it's Indiana, Cincinnati, you name it. There's history in every program that needs to be cultivated. And when you take your millions of dollars to be a head coach, you're not just there for scouting and X's and O's. You're there to be the CEO of the program and go back to Scott Dolson talking about, you know, he, he needed to, assistance to get this work together to get Indiana, Bana, Indiana basketball back. And that's just to any coach that's out there at any level. You're running a program, which means junior high kids if you're a high school coach and, and the history of your high school and all of those things. Programs are what eventually win in the long run. Teams come and go. And teams can fall off the face of the earth is what happened to Indiana basketball. It was a team, the program piece of that. And, and boy, um, Dane, Dane really hit a home run with, with the family and the culture. He mentioned the word culture over time, which, which is a buzzword. Every first you know, new coaching team or staff says culture, culture, culture. But it's, it's so true. You should have good culture versus bad culture. And that's just so evident in, in this turnaround of, of what the previous staffs, not just Archie, but Crean, Samson, did not do was value the Indiana program. It just feels so good. I'm going to turn it now to Kenya Hunter, and I'm going to say this. Pace, pace, pace. Oh, was I happy at lunch. 
uh, the, the afternoon classes at Delphi were just flying because I, I heard pace, pace, pace come out of uh, Coach Hunter when they talked about uh, style of play. Multiple ball handlers bringing up the ball and being able to attack off the dribble. Uh, can we play tomorrow? Uh, that, that's, that's my question. Um, uh, so that was really good today. Any thoughts on, on Coach Hunter's comments uh, that were released today? Go ahead, Andy. Uh, I, I got to listen to those. Uh, I did the same thing as you, Coach. I listened to him uh, over lunch as, as he talked through it. I, I just – it was interesting to hear his thoughts on being one of the guys who was – tasked with with handling the transitional component of that whatever that you know transition team was and you know kind of how he he at least was willing to to listen to what was going to happen and and just how he viewed his role in that interim time period to really care for the players and and you know understand what they were going through and uh try to help them through it as best they could i think that seems like you know it has been a a role that he's had just as the you know, a, a guy who has good relationships with the players certainly is a good recruiter. Talked about some of those kinds of things, even with Xavier Johnson. But um, just the the value that he placed on the relationship part of it, um, I, I thought was you know probably says a lot about him as a person, and was the part that really stood out to me. Just being in kind of a unique position, you know, he didn't really know how to navigate that. It's not like a lot of people are in that you know, situation of being in limbo with there, but also understanding that the the kids were all in limbo at the same time and trying to. Uh, you know, shepherd them through that process, whatever it may be. I thought was, um, you know, kind of interesting, and unique situation that hopefully he's not, he or, or many coaches aren't in at any point in the future, but um, seem to really keep the players top of mind during that process. And again, as you, you go back to what Dolson talked about with player relationships being key, um, thought that was really important. And then, yeah, what you said, coach, obviously just more the, the X's and O's piece of, of that. And just as he talked about, as, as Jared mentioned, wanting to try to figure out how the staff really comes together and learning stuff about each other every day as they go through different things. And um, it is an interesting combination of experiences they have, which I think in the long run can be really good as you're assembling any kind of, you know, team, whether it's, you know, work, coaching, whatever the case may be, bringing in people with those kinds of, you know, diverse backgrounds and things like that. But it is interesting, you know, he, he and Fife both kind of said it is a little bit of a work in progress trying to figure out how it all fits together and what everybody brings to the table. But um, seemed excited to be able to to stay at Indiana, and uh, I, I thought really good overall. Because I don't think really short of hearing him on the hysterics interview that you referenced, Jared. I I don't know that anybody's heard him uh, his thoughts on on any of this really since he he joined the program. So it was good to you know kind of hear him talk through that. Yes, I think the biggest takeaway that most people had, or one of the biggest takeaways, was Kenya Hunter relaying the story that Thad Mata told him that Parker Stewart in practice. Made 20 out of 21 three-pointers. It's just practice, but it's made threes. So we'll all take that. Um, you know, I would say I've, I've really enjoyed listening to Kenya. Um, and I know it's really easy. I think there's a question coming up later. And there's kind of this assumption that Dane Fife is the coach in waiting. Kenya Hunter is going to be a head coach somewhere. Um, and so I wouldn't be so quick to just assume that Dane Fife is going to be the next head coach. Because if Kenya Hunter's around for a while... That guy's going to be a good head coach. Not to say that Dane Fife wouldn't also be, but I just think I, I wouldn't immediately jump Dane Fife to the front of that list, even of our current assistants, because I think Kenya Hunter has a big future in basketball. And the the reason why I think he's going to be so successful is because he really he just cares about people, you know. And like I think we went from a staff where the number one thing that players wanted was relationships to having three assistant coaches 
that like I think if you ask me to name like their best traits of each one of them, I think I might just say they care about people. I mean, Dane Fife just straight up says it. Like, I like people. I like talking to people. Like, there's so many stories of you know, you run into Dane Fife and he'll just sit there talking to you for 15, 20 minutes, you know? And certainly the same thing is true with you see Rosemont. I learned that myself firsthand. Um, and certainly he's got experience with other players, you know, doing that. And and it's definitely true with Kenya. You know, like he said, he, you know, when he recruits, as he tells the parents, when he recruits a player, those relationships last and he's going to keep checking on them and find out how they do. It's not just, are you going to come to my school? It's let's build a relationship. And look, it, it pays dividends because now down the road, he gets Xavier Johnson to come because he built a relationship with his dad. And that relationship with Xavier Johnson kept on, even though he recruited him to Nebraska. But that only happens if you actually care about people. But when you get into the thick of Big Ten play and it's February and you've lost two games in a row and you're not playing as well as you want to and things are you're struggling. What is it that makes you pull deep down to play hard for the coach when you know the coach cares about you and when you care about him back? That's a big part of it. And I think guys like Kenya are are going to help bring that, um, you know, and I think also the the thing about Kenya, you know, when, when you hear him talk both in this media availability and the hysterics interview, he's not just a recruiter. <laughs> you know, Kenya Hunter has been the guy that he said he's been like the main kind of defensive game planner at it for every coach that he's worked with, you know, and he's good at scouting. Like Kenya Hunter does a lot of things. And so I think, you know, because I think Andy, to your point, like we haven't heard him talk a lot and he's not a guy like Dane Fife that we have a long relationship with. I think it's kind of easy to pigeonhole, pigeonhole him a little bit. Um, you know, just because he is known as such a great recruiter. But I think the more that we learn about him, the more that you see how multifaceted he is as a coach. You know, I saw Jeremy Gray tweet out, you know, earlier today about Kenny Hunter. You know, he's going to be a great head coach someday. And I think the same thing. And so I think we're really, really fortunate that he decided to stay, not just because he was able to deliver Xavier Johnson and keep Parker Stewart and do some of those things. I think it's because this is a great guy to have on your staff. He's like a glue guy of a basketball program because he's probably got great relationships with all the players. If the coach, if, if the player's having a problem with the head coach, Kenya Hunter's probably a guy who can go talk to him, you know, and, and pick him back up and bring him back around. And I just think guys like that are invaluable. And you surround him with another guy that's like that, like Dane Fife, and in a system that I think is going to be more conducive to the way players want to play now. And I think you maximize what Kenya Hunter can do. So I'm I'm really excited uh, about him. And it's not to take anything away from Fife. I think both those guys are phenomenal guys to have on the staff. And one one of the things that it has to be um, it has to be top down, driven from the top, right? You can't just have a a coach like Kenya Hunter and not have a head coach who has that. Yes, I'm going to hold you accountable, but I'm also going to talk to you off the court. If you don't have that, as as the last regime just was minus that, as as it's coming out now. Um, but Coach Woodson's that type of guy that I, I love Indiana. I'm here to build Indiana. I'm here to support you as young men. But I'm going to tell you whether you're playing offense or defense the right way. Um, but but that's that relationships things. And, and I know some people always get – you know, all that soft skills and those, but those things so matter. If you if you really want to get the most out of anyone in any organization, they've got to have some sort of trust in you that you have their best interest, and you're not just using them. And too many times in coaching, the head coach gets to be seen as someone who's just using someone to get wins, to get a contract extension, to do that. That's the ugly side of coaching uh, of our job. And you you can go overboard. You can be too much of a player's coach and too friendly and too have too strong relationships with kids where you don't hold the you don't have the accountability piece. That can happen as well. But uh, 
we're all happy because we, we have really good coaching staff, but it comes from Coach Woodson. Uh, Coach Woodson is is the person who's going to drive this, uh, and he's just hitting right now home run after home run after home run. Um, and, and kudos to him and to Scott Dolson for seeing this vision because it, it's just really been a pleasure uh, to watch this thing go for, for three weeks. But uh, Coach Hunter and Coach Fife are only going to be as good as Coach Woodson sets the tone for doing things the, the right way. You want to hear just a random statistical fact that's totally unrelated to what we were just talking about? I opened up the Ken Palm page for Davion Harmon because you guys were talking about how Indiana's apparently looking at him. For his freshman year, his two biggest player comps are freshman year Rob Finnessy and freshman year Yogi Ferrell. That, that's kind of random. But anyway, that's, <laughs> there you go. that's how his freshman year went. So I just thought that was interesting. All right, coming yeah, up. Just brought the show to yeah. a screeching halt. Apparently. You just brought us to the third segment with that, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> coming, coming up in our third segment, we'll answer your questions, plus introduce a new segment. It's subscriber shout-outs. It'll be fun. So stick around with us here on The Assembly Call. With 24-7 customer service and guaranteed repairs, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to. Unlike this stressful meditation guide. Take a deep breath. Focus on all the things you have to do. Did someone make the vet appointment yet? You don't know? That feels like something you should know. Switch to Progressive today. You are a mess. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Repairs through Progressive Network shops guaranteed for as long as you own or lease your car. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. Hello, everyone. I'm the coach, Brian Tonson. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Jared Morris. Uh, remember, you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. We send out a weekly IU news roundup, even during the offseason and much more. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. And speaking of the email list, this week we introduced an email ambassador program to reward people who spread the word about our newsletter and help us add new subscribers. The first reward is a shout-out on the Assembly Call, so let's do a couple of those now. Uh, subscriber shout-outs. Jared, what do you have for us? Yes, let's. And this email ambassador program has gone incredibly well. We've had it up for, I think, 48 hours, and we have grown the email list by like 3.5%. And that's significant because our email list is pretty big. We're up over 8,000 now, so we can update all those, all those numbers that we use for the email list. But since we launched it, We've had 403 referrals. So that's basically folks who are members of the email list. They've sent their special link out to a friend or a family member. That friend or family member has joined. And then we've set up these rewards, you know, shout out, an assembly call coaster, uh, you know, T-shirts. There's all kinds of stuff in there. And so we want to do the first two shout outs. There's like 50 people who have already qualified for the shout outs. So, you know, I figured we'd be able to, you know, do them all as they rolled in. No, our audience is incredible. Everybody jumped on this. You guys are great. So we're not going to get to all the shout outs right now. 
But we got to do two in particular. And these are the two people who have absolutely set the pace in referrals. And it was very close battle for a while. I looked yesterday afternoon and it was tight. They were both in the 40s. But now one person has jumped way ahead of the other. And so we're going to do her shout out first. And that is the awesome, incredible Jen Gon, uh, who we do have some drops from, actually, from when uh, from when she was on the show. The victorious episode. There are a lot of IU fans there. Chat mobbers. Yeah, sometimes you've heard us use that chat mobbers. So she's been on the show before because she's been a longtime listener. Uh, and so here's her shout out. So Jen grew up in Indiana, but she's now living life in the Lone Star State. She's down in Houston. Uh, Jen's favorite player growing up was Steve Alford. And as she says, you know, she's an Indiana girl. And it's part of their makeup as Indiana girls to love Alford and his perfectly coiffed hair. So cue Ryan retching somewhere as we read that out. Uh, but then as she says, it morphed into Greg Graham. admiring the picture of, of Coach Alford that he has behind him at <laughs> all true. times. That's true. Uh, so her love morphed into Greg Graham and Brian Evans when she was in college. And she says, Brian Evans' pick graced the walls of several people's dorm rooms. Uh, she will not name names. And then more recently, it has been a Victor Oladipo and anyone who currently wears the uniform. Her, for her assembly call leader, so this is one of the questions that I asked folks, is who is your assembly call leader? And she says, I think we can all acknowledge that as fun as guest hosts are, and as fun as mixing and matching co-hosts has been for some variety this season. Amazing job by Kathy, Jeff, Scott, Galen, Chris, etc. Assembly call is at its best when all four co-hosts are on the show. And in a strange twist of events, I found myself agreeing with Ryan a lot this year. Time has proven me right on virtually everything. Duh. I think his beard might have some magical powers. And then she wants to give a special acknowledgement. Shout out to the chat mob for being a great group of people to come hang out with after games. They are the best, even the grumpy ones. So that's for you, Joel. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would also say compared to the next person we're going to mention, she's getting fewer accusations of somehow uh, cooking the books on her yeah, numbers is. here. So for what so that's worth. Jen has delivered 79 referrals, 79. The next guy coming in second, a distant second, a very mediocre second is Jay Horry, who, of course, you know, from the mediocre question of the week. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's mediocre question. So now we will do Jay's mediocre shout out. And all joking aside, Jay was in the lead for a while. Actually, absolutely, you know, absolutely jumped on this early. We really appreciate uh, him helping us grow the list. Uh, but he says um, he's from Indianapolis. His favorite IU player is AJ Guyton because he describes himself. Jay describes himself as a former gunner and someone who never lacks confidence. That 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 strikes me as being appropriate. Uh, his assembly call leader is Andy Bottoms due to Andy's deep appreciation of the entire Taylor Swift catalog. So, Andy, I don't know if you wanted to be outed for that here on the show, but that's what Jay's going to do. So there's no you guys there's no shame in that. I do think Jay and I talked about it at one point. This was very early in the very early in the quarantine. Uh, Jay retweeted a uh, Taylor Swift song bracket that was uh, going around that that um, him and his wife were were going through. So our family uh, went through it as well, and we uh, we shared results. And you know, since then we've we have celebrated her entire catalog. So there's no uh, there's no no shame in that whatsoever. Why you gotta be so? And mean? then, that's all I know from Taylor Swift. <laughs> Need to mark that one and get that one. Uh, and then Jay wants to acknowledge his wife, Mrs. Mediocre, for only getting slightly annoyed when he's listening to various IU podcasts instead of hanging out with her. So, to both of you, a very genuine round of applause because you guys are awesome. And 
you know, it's people like you, Jen and Jay, that make this show worth doing and make this community so great. And we appreciate you spreading the word. So if you don't know about that ambassador program, by the way, and you want to get in on that and share the good word, uh, just shoot me an email, jared at assemblycall.com, and I will send you the details of that. Uh, but with that said, Coach, I will turn it back over to you. So All right, it's now time time for a mailbag. All questions. Clear, clear, easy segue here, Coach. Right in for that, for uh, whatever else we're going to talk about. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's question time. So uh, all the questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, assemblycall.com backslash community. Uh, so, so here we go. Uh, Sammy Jacobs, why weren't you guys roasted by Fife? Uh, Jared, any ideas why – Fife didn't give us a, a mention. Well, you know, we weren't on that the media availability, so I guess one of us could start going to those uh, if we want to and if we have time. I think it's just a sign that we haven't arrived yet. You know, we didn't get called out like Alex Bozich at Inside the Hall as being a place that Dane would have apparently worked all this time that he was at Michigan State. That's how much he wanted to be at IU. Uh, you know, we just we have to raise our profile a little bit. So that's what I took from that. And, and Andy, Sammy also asked um, – what players in the portal do you try um, to get to round out the roster? And if not individual names, uh, any positions you think Indiana should be uh, searching for to fill out maybe the last two spots? Uh, to me, I think it needs to be shooting. If one of those guys, uh, I think more wing size, you know, six four, six five type shooter, maybe even a, a stretch four type guy. I know, uh, I think Jay tweeted something out about uh, Miller Copy and uh, in the portal from uh, Northwestern. He was a guy maybe that's from watching him step out and make some shots uh, outside from, um, you know, against IU might be you know, that kind of guy, though. I could see being being helpful if you wanted to at least have a guy who had enough size to defend defend people inside, but really step out and shoot. I think it's got to be shooters, but I don't have uh, I don't have specific names of, of people uh, that IU might be in on or um, or anything like that. Coach Woodson's mentioned another shooting guard, a two guard. That's been brought up a little bit. So a, a guard. I really would like to see another, um, you know, forward, you know, stretch four type. I know that that race has that kind of position uh, if he wants it, I guess. But I would like to see someone who has shot the ball well already um, in, in that situation. Nathan adds. Let me just uh, jump in real quick. If Ryan were here, uh, I do say he he would say that Indiana really needs to get a big. He's very much on the train of Indiana getting a big, preferably a young big who can develop. Uh, and I think there is some merit to that, given that race will be gone, Trace will be gone. You don't have Joey Bronk, obviously. He was going to be gone anyway. So no matter what, you're left looking at it as Logan Duncan is your guy down low next year. So there is certainly something to that, you know, whether it's a guy in the transfer portal who's already got a little bit of seasoning but can play for a couple of years or a young guy that you can develop. Certainly they're going to have to do that at some point. Um, Nathan adds, uh, where does Galloway fit this year? With the addition of two guards plus another potential transfer portal wing uh, addition that can shoot, I'm wondering where Galloway finds minutes unless he overalls it overhauls his jumper i'm glad he stayed but i feel he's the hardest spot in terms of maintaining playing time um jared you know jay does say he doesn't know that race will be gone i guess race does have an extra year doesn't he right yeah he could have an extra year so that that is true um you know i think for galloway it's all going to come down to how come, come down to how he shoots if he can shoot and you know let's remember something you know, Trey Galloway's shot was not good last year and it didn't look good. And it was it was a question coming out of high school because he had periods of time in high school where he didn't shoot well. But there were periods of time where he did shoot well. 
you know, and, and a lot of his poor shooting came when that wrist was injured. I think it was the last year those guys were in AAU, you know, he and Leo and I think Lander was on that team. He was the best three-point shooter of the bunch over a decent sample size. So he has made shots before. But what often happens to guys when they go from high school to college and the players are bigger and the windows to shoot are shorter, you know, it's harder to get in rhythm. And if you have an issue with your shot, it can be taken advantage of more as opposed to high school where you probably have more time and more space to get a herky-jerky type shot off. And we saw that, that with Lander where you know he was a good shooter in high school albeit streaky, but still a pretty good shooter. And last year, his shot was just, you know, I mean, he had issues anyway with his feet, but they were just exacerbated. And so with Trey, like, I don't think Trey is necessarily a bad fit with what Mike Woodson wants to do if he can shoot because he has good vision in the open court. He's fast, you know, fast with the ball. He's athletic. He's comfortable in the open floor driving. He has good vision when he drives. So in a four-out, one-in system, I think Trey Galloway can fit really well if he can shoot. If he shoots like he did last year, his man's just going to sag off and you're just going to see kind of what you saw from him, which is driving in aimlessly, turning and jumping, and that's going to get scouted to death in the Big Ten. It's just not going to work. You know, we know he's a gritty defender, you know, can't match up athletically with everybody on the wing that he has to defend, but he's going to try. He's physical. He's strong. And, and, and he's going to make some smart plays on that end. So I think there's a spot for him if he can be a guy that can shoot 34, 35% from down, it maybe even not that much. Just He's just got to be a threat. He's got to take it and be a credible threat, and then I think he can get minutes. If not, then I think this is a developmental year for him, and I don't think there would be anything any shame in that. I don't think that would be bad, um, but it's all going to come down to his shot. And if you're trying to bet one way or the other, we know this is a guy that's going to work hard, and a lot of shooting is you know putting the reps in, so I'm not willing to write him off, but it, it's a bit it's a bit more of an uphill battle for him than say to envision how Rob Finnessy fits in what we're going to do, you know, or even how Anthony Leo might fit just because of his ability to shoot. But Galloway's got some of the other tools that if the shot comes, he could, I actually think he could flourish. Two, two things where I think Galloway could find some run. Um, one, he's really good in transition. And if the pace is going to increase uh, and, and there's going to be a little more emphasis on transition basketball, his ability to get out and run and get a pitch ahead and score in transition might be something Coach Woodson likes, if that's something in, in Coach Woodson's plan. The other thing is when you run a four-out, one-in, you need people who can turn corners and go downhill. Uh, we normally think of that as your guards, but Trey Galloway does have the ability uh, and the willingness to get in the lane. And actually, Trey's ability to do that will be a lot uh, easier with only one guy in the post than a couple guys uh, sure. in the post. So his drives will be more free, forcing help. There'll be more clear passing out. Obviously, uh, Jared, you're absolutely correct. He needs to be that threat to get a lot more time uh, from three. But his skill set is needed in a four-out, one-in and a transition game. He has that kind of uh, strength to where he can get some some run. Andy, this one I'm going to throw, throw to you. Rick says, what month are the schedules usually released? Uh, and uh, he's very interested to see what type of non-conference this staff puts together. I would assume Mata will have a lot of input. Uh, your guess, uh, uh, well, one, when, when do you see the schedules coming out normally? And if you were to guess um, maybe just uh, in strength of the non-conference schedule, what, what do you think the staff is, is going to do with this team? You know, I don't – last year was so weird from a scheduling standpoint. I don't remember exactly. I feel like different games kind of trickle out over the course of time, but I would say you're probably looking at September, uh, October uh, in, in most years where you'd find that out. 
it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Again, you're locked into you know, Big Ten ACC. I think IU, because of not doing the Gavit games last year, would be, although I don't know that anybody did the Gavit games last year now that I think about it, but I'm assuming you probably have a game in that. Got the crossroads again. So you've got a handful of games uh, that you've got there, but they're not at this point in any kind of um, you know tournament or, or those kinds of events. So um, you got do have a lot of flexibility. I, I think for a new coach coming into the system in installing his system, I think you'll probably see some uh, you know front loaded a little bit with games that you're going to be able to get your feet wet in, in a way that you weren't able to last year. But I I think they'll challenge themselves. I, I think Woodson probably comes from the you know, mentality of, of what Knight used to do. I think Fife being at Michigan State, you know, Izzo typically plays a, a fairly good non-conference schedule. So I, I don't think it'll be, you know, those few quote-unquote marquee games and a whole bunch of cupcakes around it. Um, but I do think you'll see, at least at the the onset of the season, you'll, they'll, they'll try to take it easy a little bit and and be able to get themselves, um, you know, get guys playing, experiment with some combinations, get the um, guys used to playing the system and um, some of those things. At least that'd be my guess. Okay, the, Jared, I, I just want to. Yeah. Well, I just want to jump in on that. I, I think Andy. I think I mostly agree with you. I think there may be more cupcakes than you, than what you're thinking. Um, I think in the future, I think yeah, you know, Fife is is going to be a guy who's come from difficult schedules. I just wonder if it's in the best interest of the program next year. You know, going through the kinks of a new offense and a new coaching staff and all the stuff that's going on and trying to rebuild confidence. If it's not in everybody's best interest to rack up wins and get time, and you know you're going to have some challenging games in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and all that, I think we may see a pretty he- a, a non-conference schedule pretty heavily loaded with cupcakes just to rack up wins and get yourself in a position to make the tournament because of how important that will be for just the momentum of the program. So it may be the kind of schedule that we would have scoffed at before, but context is everything. And I think for this team, that schedule could make some sense. Um, given what they already have from a non-conference perspective. So yeah, what, I mean, if you, some of it depends on what other opportunities they could get too, but I, I have a feeling that's what we're going to see. Yeah, I mean, if you think about what there's typically, let's say 11 non-conference games, that sound about right, in a, yeah. in a normal year. Mm-hmm. And you've got three locked in due to those, those three things. I don't think anything else is locked in that I can recall. And I don't think there are any uh, other, you know, kind of ongoing scheduling things that they have so let's let's say it's just those three then you got eight games left i mean i would imagine i'm thinking you know maybe two of those are against not the toughest of competition you might just be able to go you know enter a series with another major conference team that might not be at the top of their their league or or go and do some of those kinds of things i I definitely don't think you know so in that scenario you got six quote-unquote cupcakes of, of varying degrees and then maybe five other games, I could still see something like that. I, I, I probably wouldn't think it would tip any more in the other direction. Maybe, maybe a couple like mid one hundreds games or something. Yeah, yeah. If you play max schools or you do yeah. some of those kinds of things, yeah, Missouri Valley teams. A max like school that. that's not going to beat you, like a mid level max school. <laughs> I just, I think they're going to schedule wins. I really think yeah. they're going to schedule wins this year, just because of where we've been for the last four years and trying to do everything to get into the tournament. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. But that's just my. I think- I think what they got, if they want to take that approach, I would certainly get it. I think they have to do a better job of what than what they've done of that. I think about this more from a bracketology perspective. I think Coach probably is thinking of this the same way. I think too often, certainly in the Korean era and even at parts of the Archie era, 
the the games that they filled those spots with were ones that really did absolutely nothing for you and didn't give you any chance to, you, you know, it it looked like it made it clear that you went out of your way not to play people. It's a children's um, show. So I think, so I think you've got to figure out how to not game the system, but but do well enough at picking teams and leagues that aren't going to be all just totally drag you down at that point because you also don't want to say, hey, I got these teams, and then you're. Um, and then you're on the outside looking in because you're getting dinged for your non-conference strength to schedule that, that three games against other teams aren't going to do for you. So I just don't think they've done a great job of that in yeah. recent years of trying to figure out the right teams to play in that where, yeah, you can get wins, but they're not going to, but they're not going to kill you from a, a rating standpoint. Okay. Yes. Well said. This next question I think needs to be addressed. I'm going to comment real quick, and then we'll throw it around to Andy. And, Jared, you've already mentioned it um, before, but this comes from Matthew. Um, totally selfish question here, Matthew says, but I need convinced that my disappointment about the Yasir hire due to his indisputable desire to get involved in directing players to agents for money is too harsh and misplaced and that I need to just let it go. This is hard for me. So uh, a couple of things. that There, there was some uh, reporting um, that, that Coach um, – Rosemont had, was on a tape and, and in the FBI trial and things of that nature. Um, and I, one, I want to say to the fans, I do appreciate the fact that we hold Indiana to high standards and Indiana does does things correct. Um, but I, I am at the point where, yeah, that was a concern when I read those things, but I didn't hear the tapes. I wasn't, I didn't see the context, and so I'd ask people to take it in context. Um, if you're reading those things and doing your research on Google and everything, and then trusting Scott Dolson and Coach Mike Woodson that they've interviewed uh, Yasir and, and they've talked to him about what their expectations are for Indiana basketball and trust in the process. That's that's where I'm at uh, with this. Uh, and, and you know what happens five years ago can often be changed, and 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 there really needs to be understanding. Seek to be understood first. Uh, and that's the approach that I'm taking with that, because uh, I will admit when I first heard that, there was a little pause for me as well. And then the other thing is, Coach um, uh, Coach Knight always brought in in coaches, and Norm Ellenberger was, was an assistant coach, and he was in some trouble at New Mexico as a head coach, even indicted for changing uh, possible transcript uh, stuff. Uh, and Norm Ellenberger came here and, and was a big part of the Indiana culture and staff under under Coach Bob Knight. And what Bob Knight did was help people out. Uh, and that's the thing I, I see uh, throughout this program. And so I have complete faith in, in Coach Woodson uh, and uh, Dolson. And they have this vision, and this vision is not going to be tarnished by, by any one person or not any one person is above that vision. And so I think they've done their due diligence. And, and Matthew, if that helps, fine. Um, and I do applaud you, Matthew, for, for wanting Indiana to, to do things correctly. I will never say that you're wrong in that. But in this situation, I believe the positives uh, of of the new coach, uh, Coach Rosemond, are going to be so good. And, and I think that the due diligence has been done by Indiana basketball. Andy, um, your thoughts? Yeah, I'll probably – I'll probably kind of cede this to Jared just because he's had conversations with uh, with Coach Rosemond, and I think probably has a better perspective on it. I, I, you know, I think it's it's reasonable for people, as you said, to to get their you know kind of your ears perked up when you hear some of that and you have questions and uh, things like that. I also would imagine that 
given the scrutiny on the hire and all those things that I use doing everything they have to vet him in a way that says, we're not concerned about this. We're not concerned about this going forward. Um, you know, I think he's kind of been cleared from a, a you know, in from a, a past standpoint. So it's, you know, what's your confidence level that he can not get wrapped up in this kind of thing again. And I think if you're Woodson, uh, again, the, you know, playing back to the IU guy thing, if you don't want anybody to tarnish it with their play, as I think there's a, a certain level of, of feeling that way of, you know, the tradition of the program hasn't been upheld. I think you would have similar feelings about the off the court stuff as well. Uh, it's certainly a different time from how recruiting is done and all those kinds of things, but you'd have to feel like he's got to be really comfortable with it in order to bring him on. But I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to Jared for, you know, what, what conversations you were able to have with him about that. I mean, I was really skeptical about him when I first heard the name and, and did the initial research. And you, know, you see that article about the FBI report. And I wouldn't tell anybody to not have some skepticism. You know, I mean, I think that that's fair to kind of have with all all coaches, just given kind of how how college sports operates these days. Um, and, you know, as I, you know, it, the thing is, like when I started doing my dig and I've talked about this, you know, saw some of the, the, the YouTube videos that he put out there helping parents and kids and, and all this stuff. And I just reached out to him and basically said, like, hey, you know, I, I know that you're a candidate for, for this job. And, you know, there's some kind of some questions about your background. I'd love to just talk to you about it and get your side of the story. And he couldn't have been more excited to hop on the phone and just talk it out, you know, and there wasn't a hint of like defensiveness or dodging questions or, or, or anything like that. And so I think he's eager to tell his side of the story. And that's one of the, the reasons why I didn't want to get too much into the details on the show I did yesterday, you know, hoping he was going to be able to come on the show soon because you know I want him to be able to share that and share his side of it. Because, you know, and, and so Matthew wrote this question in the community and he and I had a good back and forth about it in the community. Um, you know, he said, I need to be convinced that my disappointment about the year see or hire due to his indisputable desire to get involved in directing players to agents for money. So what I would say here is I would just, I would caution everybody about looking at that article about the FBI report and thinking that everything there is indisputable. I would, I would not use that word because I think, you know, once you see or tells his story, you know, things can get taken out of context. That is just a reporter's interpretation of what was heard, right? And so that's not necessarily the full context of what's happening there. And so I think there needs to be room to to think that maybe we don't know exactly what was going on, right? And that's not to be naive. Obviously, you know, Coach Rosemond would have some incentive to shade the events in his own, you know, to make himself look better, certainly. So, I mean, you got to have your healthy sense of skepticism and try and triangulate what you think happened. But, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I think given the stakes here, um, there, there's a lot for Indiana to lose if this goes wrong. And I just think there's so many other traits about him that I've found that I really, really like um, that – to me, it's enough to to really be on board with it and be excited about him as the coach. Doesn't you know? Like, would I be shocked if if someday it turns out that it it doesn't work out quite how we hoped? You know, no. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing when someone's name appears in a report like that. There's always going to be that, and I think he understands that. One of the things I explained to him, I was like, you know, with Indiana, like all of us still have some PTSD from Samson, you know, where it's like this guy had been in trouble before. Now he's coming here this isn't really how we do things. And then it's like, and he does it again and gets in trouble. And so everybody's a little bit even more sensitive to it. Now, this is different from that because he, you see, or didn't actually get in trouble, right? Samson was actually on probation, 
but I think that's where some of that knee jerk reaction comes. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm happy. You know, I see a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people I've interacted with, I think have done their due diligence research on him and come around and are excited, you know, about him being the guy. It doesn't mean that you think that maybe he was a better choice than a Michael Lewis, you know, who some people wanted, you know, whether he was going to be the ever going to be a third assistant or not, who knows? And, you know, maybe none of us really know the assistant coaching landscape enough to know who the alternatives were, were going to be. But I know one thing. He is pumped to be at Indiana. I think he really appreciates the opportunity. And I think he's going to really, really work hard to make it work as well as possible. And, you know, in context matters. And the way that someone comports themselves in the SEC might be different from how they comport themselves at IU. It's, you know, so there's there's a lot of reasons to not just jump to conclusions and think that anything's indisputable. And so I think that's my whole point is just, you know, there's there's a nuanced discussion here to be had. And, th- you know, characterizing him as just like the nefarious bag man in the corner, I think is wrong. I don't think that's even an accurate reflection of the full set of facts that we have. And I think it's it, it's unfair and counterproductive to the guy who was chosen by the people we're entrusting and excited about to be the third assistant. So I'm I'm happy to have an open mind and give him my full support. Um, and excited to see what he can do with the opportunity. Very, very well. Welcome, uh, Coach Rosemond. We're, we're, we're excited about the player development and the recruiting that, uh, that you, you will bring. Um, and so um, let's just transition into Jeff's question. He says, how do you think the staff will divide up the recruiting between the, the, the three assistants? Well, I think, you know, Kenya Hunter has – relationships all over and certainly on the East coast, but other places. And so I think, you know, you allow him to work his relationships and do what he does. I think Dane Fife is going to be expected to really focus a lot on Indiana where he's recruited before at Michigan state and certainly has a lot of contacts from his time here. And then I think with you you know, he brings uh, obviously, you know, he's from the Georgia area has been working players out there. He certainly got connections in that area, but has been at Oregon has been at Alabama has been in some different places and recruited in some different places than Indiana has really been. So this, you know, obviously Indiana was very heavily focused on the inside out and the Midwest kind of breadbasket. And I think that will continue, but with what, what they want to do, kind of having this more NBA style. And I think having, you know, coaches who have connections in a more broad area, I think the goal is to kind of open things up. And once, you know, you got to start winning, of course, but then be able to start recruiting on a bit more of a national level, or at least have that ability when your Midwest breadbasket isn't maybe as fertile one year or the next year. So that, you know, that's kind of how I think it'll be broken up. It'll be, you know, as it is with all recruiting, it's like, where are you best? And let's leverage those relationships uh, to, you know, to see where we can bring in players, but with a, a special focus on, you know, making sure that we lock down the borders as much as possible here in Indiana. Andy, any thoughts on, uh, the staff and how they'll, um, split up their recruiting or what they'll do in recruiting? No, I would have, I would have kind of framed it up how Jared did. So I don't know that I really have anything to add. I think they've got at least some core areas they're anchored to, but I, I think with Kenya and with, uh, you Rosemont, I think you've got at least the ability to cover some different different ground than you did before at least initially and then i think if if things go well and and you're seeing the system be one that guys are going to want to come in then i think that gets a little bit easier for everybody as you go forward but uh maybe takes a little bit to get to that point so for now i think it'll be divvied up similar to what jared had uh, talked about 
And one of the interesting things with recruiting that's being thrown around in articles is what what does high school recruiting look like now with the transfer portal being what it is and the ability to transfer one time? You can't actively recruit people that are on other, but as soon as they enter the portal, there has to be some some recruiting and what relationships you build, you know, at the AAU events and and all of those things that continue. We've seen Coach Hunter's relationship from the high school recruiting payoff in the transfer portal with with two of the players we're really counting on being new to the program. So that kind of recruiting is also going to be interesting to watch uh, how how that plays out each year as as people enter the the recruiting uh, portal. Just a few questions left. Jimtown Hoosier, I think we've kind of talked about your question, but we'll read it here. Are you concerned that we're heading down the same path as last year with the thin front court causing certain players? You know, we talked about Logan Duncombe and, and Race playing that, and then Ryan interrupted us and uh, got his message out with needing a big in the recruiting. So um, I, I don't think – I don't think we'll we'll be as thin because I think um, you know obviously without Joey Brunk uh, playing last year with injury that allowed us to be thin, but his minutes now can be replaced by Logan Duncombe. Uh, so I think that we have a, a little bit more than we're in a better position um, than last year. So we'll end uh, uh, with, with Kathy uh, has two questions and they're kind of awesome. Uh, right as she here. says she's getting ready to go to bed. Look at this. I just put this up there. Right as we're about to get to her questions. We saved her for last, and she's she. That's weak. Oh. Come on, Kathy. Hashtag boo. What's up with that? <laughs> but anyway, we'll ask him anyway. She can uh, go back and listen. Um, football question: If you could attend only one home game, she's from Iowa and looking to travel in. Um, what one football game do you pick to travel to, uh, Andy? Oh, I was looking at the schedule here for for this one. Uh, a, f- a few good options. I think you'd look at uh, Cincinnati. Supposed to be pretty good. They play them September eighteenth. That should be a good non conference matchup. Uh, and then I think otherwise you look to those couple dates in October, whether it's uh, Michigan State on the sixteenth or Ohio State on the twenty third. I mean, if you think that this is the year they finally find a way to beat Ohio State, I think it's a it's a clear choice. Uh, to come then, you got yourself a, a mid-October Saturday in Bloomington, which sounds pretty good and in, in what should be a, uh, a really important game. So I guess I would lean uh, Ohio State it, unless, you're over, unless you really want to see a game that you feel super confident that you're going to, uh, to win, uh, then maybe you go a, a different route. But I think the Ohio State game from an atmosphere perspective after everything last year uh, would be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, a pretty exciting one. Um. I already answered this. Kathy, you know, must not take my opinion for anything because she texted me a few days ago and then she kept asking a question. So she obviously didn't like my answer. That's okay, Kathy. No, I I, I said Michigan State or um, Cincinnati. I think those two two games um, are going to be really good fall uh, games. I like the October games better. It's a little better weather. You get the fire pit going, uh, but you're, you aren't freezing your rear end off Um you know, while you're tailgating all the, all those times. So, uh, that's, Richie that's, just fell off the bar stool laughing. <laughs> that's, it's been too, too long since we've had, had a certain group. Not, uh, and I'm face first out by the van at, in the first quarter of the Michigan game. <laughs> that I've already talked to Joel and Richie about our assembly call tailgate improvement plan. And one and mine is not being face first. In the first story was I was throwing paper and fire and firewood into the fire pit 
after a few and beverages and I kept missing and Richie just fell off the bar stool laughing <laughs> as I'm trying to build this fire pit. I kept missing. And then you went for a rebound and burnt your hand. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Where, I can't believe where's the one. Yeah. That, that was, that was somewhere preceded by Richie calling him the Justin Smith of, uh, yeah. of, of fire pit. Coach is a lot like Justin Smith when it comes to building a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, Richie. <laughs> and I allow these guys to hang out with me. Uh, so there you go, Kathy. There's some options there. And then Kathy has another one. Speculation on Fife as coach and waiting. We've kind of talked about that. And do you all love him as much as, as I do uh, discuss? Uh, Kathy, just have an IU guys back. Um, I wasn't a big IU guy. I just thought, you know, you needed to get good coaching. Well, we do. We have a good coach now who is an IU guy. And it's really made – uh, opened my eyes. And so, yes, I, I'm very happy. I'm not going to have a drop about mad crushes or anything because that really kind of stabbed me in the rear end uh, the last time I, I did that with the previous I'm coach, not even so. sure mad crush accurately explains what you have for Dane Fife right now. We may need to find some other, some other descriptor for what this is. Oh, boy. Here I come, Coach Fife. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, Kathy. Uh, I, I think that's a long time away, though. In all seriousness, I think it's a long time away to have any coach in waiting. Six years is a long time for an assistant who might want to be a head coach. We don't know what's going to happen three, four years down the road. Um, and and these guys, you know, have worked hard to be in college basketball. If the right job comes open for these guys, they could obviously bounce to another program. Would that would would we really like to have an IU guy in? in line so from when coach Woodson decides um to 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 go absolutely I, I don't mind that idea but I don't know if 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 that's going to be for some time any thoughts fellas? I hope not yeah yeah I thought long I, way to go yeah Galen mentioned this on uh the Crimson Cast he had yesterday I, I I think it's a possibility but I definitely don't think there's any kind of you know handshake agreement that that's really what the situation is it may end up playing out that way but I don't know that's the going in plan right now I mean clearly Fife said he you know, was interested in the the head job now. So you you would assume that spin it forward at some period of years, he's still going to be interested in it then. But um, yeah, obviously a lot can happen between then, between now and then. That's it. We're done. No more questions. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the assembly call. Sorry. We went off the rails a couple times. It, it's been an interesting run. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week or sooner if any news breaks. Until then, keep your elbows in and eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. You might get beat today, but each day you got to get better. And that's to all of us. Good night, everyone. Kyle with the chat comment of the night. This is what being stoned on IU basketball looks like. <laughs> fair, fair assessment. <laughs> I, I'm, I've just texted my agent. It's now 20 cents a drop. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be a holdout. <laughs> uh, Good work. Yeah, that was, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, we do have a Joel and Richie and I have a meeting set up to plan the tailgate and make sure that we're doing the the good ambassador stuff because uh, 
both Joel and I, Michigan's performances weren't the weren't the best uh, representation of the assembly call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't throw Joel under the bus, but <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Too much. Well, it sounds like there was a lot of fun had that day. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad. All right. All right. Anything else good for the cause here before we sign off? Any? I don't think after, so. I think. Hey, dark? I think. I think Bob Thompson's going to join us next week. I've been wanting to get him on. The guy who does the music. Nice. So I think. I think we're going to get Bob on next week. A little AC after dark. We need to do some more chat mob inductions. So we'll we'll do start doing some of those in the in the off season here. Bring some people on for AC after dark. Good deal. Sounds always good. fun. Good deal. Yep. Sounds good. All right, y'all. All righty. We will see everybody later. Thanks for joining us. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, base is loaded. This is what it's all about. And here's the pitch. Go a deep drive to center. Way back. This could go all the And now a message from our sponsor. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and round-the-clock protection. Progressive. Oh. I can't believe it. Did that really just happen? Folks, you'll never forget where you were when you heard that call. <laughs> Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.